Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, November 26th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how are you doing? Unlike last Monday night, when people had matchups still to be decided by the video game numbers of Monday Night Football, this week, a lot of matchups are already decided, and people know uh, the playoff picture is getting a little bit more clearer into focus, at least in fantasy football. Yeah, it was a fun Sunday. Uh, you know, actually, a few less games uh, than we're usually used to, and everything right. was pretty much decided by Sunday night. Uh, unless you're invested in DeAndre Hopkins, uh, it's, it's re- there's really not a lot of games, at least on my personal slate, you know, that are decided in all ten of my leagues right now. It's everything's pretty much decided, but you still want to look at tonight's game for uh, total points output uh, because. Uh, you know, I had one person question me, should I bench my defense going into tonight uh, because I'm up by six? And you know, what if the defense gets like a minus six or a minus seven? I could lose my game. Would you bench the defense? And I said, the odds of a defense getting negative seven points is just about astronomical. They'd have to give up about 50 points and not get a sack and not get a turnover. Uh, and you want to keep your defense in there to get total points. So don't forget about total points tonight because that that's very often the tiebreaker. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. You know, 
Scotty, I talk about my big longtime dynasty league where I am in first place. Got another W to go to 11-1. and one, But I get a text from my number two seed guy who actually going into this week had eight more points than me in the cumulative uh, total points. And we definitely pay out for that. And he took a uh, zero from Willie Sneed uh, yesterday, my other the guy at number two, because he had Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks on a bye. He filled those in, Scotty, with Willie Sneed and Jordy Nelson. And those two players combined for negative points. I'm over here taking over the points lead from him. You said some uh, matchups, most matchups are decided. I have one, Scotty. Tell me, I, you think I feel, I feel pretty good about it. Half point PPR, Scotty. I am down by 13. But I have the D-Hop, the D-Hopopotamus going tonight. You think he gets me 13 and a half point PPR scoring? Well, going into yesterday, I believe the Titans were about sixth in allowing fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. You know, there's a perception out there that they have a really good pass defense. But when you look at the numbers, you know, it hasn't been as good. This team is not that consistent. I think you have to feel confident, but I don't think you can feel like certain. Absolutely. Uh, however, my man D-Hop has gotten into the end zone, I think something like five straight games. And if he does it again tonight, I'll feel much better about it. But that is a league, Scotty, where I uh, I need the W, shall we say. I need the W. I am 7-4 and four in that league, and I am facing another 7-4 and four team. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm down by, eh, I'm down by 12.8. I'm down by 12.8. I need the D-Hop, the D-Hopopotamus to do big things for me. But we're going to be talking about this for the next couple of hours here. Roto Experts in the morning, Fantasy Sports Today, here in the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I want to let you guys know there is still time. If you need that W going into Week 13, don't forget about the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season package. we got a special discount going on. It's discounted for you to have that final playoff push. Scotty, um... I guess I want to start with the injuries. I want to start with the injuries and the kind of next man up of it all. Here are the ones that are kind of on my radar. There were five that I think matter, and then I want to see you fill them in. The big one to me is Melvin Gordon, Scott. Melvin Gordon on the Chargers. And here's the funny part to me. I guess it's not funny, but it's like I just never know how coaches are managing these teams. Going into the week, it was like, oh, Melvin Gordon's going to be a game-time decision. Oh, they may sit Melvin Gordon. They may realize they don't need Melvin Gordon against the lowly Cardinals. Maybe this is Austin Eckler's breakout. But no, Melvin Gordon goes out there. Melvin Gordon scores two touchdowns. And then the Chargers, while up by like three scores, I think it is, they decide to get cute with Melvin Gordon and have Melvin Gordon on a little pitch end-around run. And that's where he injures himself. Why are they putting Melvin Gordon in trick plays up by three scores? when he's already banged up, Scotty? Do we have Scotty? Do we have Scotty? I guess we don't have Scotty. Here, that's I'm okay. here. I'm oh, here. there you are, Scotty. Yeah. So did you hear um, my question? Why are they yes, putting I Melvin did. Gordon in this situation up three scores? Because Melvin Gordon spent the weekend convincing the coaching staff that he was good to go, and, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they obviously bought into it. 
Yeah, I guess. But isn't there a difference between fine letting him maybe play, but then trying to use him on like double reverses and stuff when you're up 35 to 10, which is what they were doing? I think there's a line of like, okay, we'll let you play. But then that's still why are we using him on end arounds on up 35, 10 in the third quarter, Scott? Like at what point do they just be like, you know what? Austin Eckler, we believe in Austin Eckler. Dane and Scott have been talking about Austin Eckler's standalone value all year long. Why don't we let's just let Austin Eckler ride this one out? After all, we are up 35 to enough to 10 on the lowly Cardinals. Why does well, that not I enter th- their thought process? I think from the outside, it's very legitimate that we question it. But, you know, we don't know the ex- extent of the injury exactly, you know, because he was able to start and he was able to score two touchdowns, etc., and yeah. uh, his fantasy owners wanted to see him in there as long as possible and score as many points because you had to start Melvin Gordon if he's in there. And uh, we don't know how badly he's re-injured himself. He got you the he got you the fantasy points that you needed. He got the two touchdowns, and then he was out of the game. And you know, for all we know, he might be fine for next week. Uh, they, they, he might be. However, ESPN's Eric Williams is reporting that Melvin Gordon suffered a MCL injury. They're saying it's a, te- a sprain or a tear. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, MCL is a problem, and MCL means probably missing a game. Um, well, obviously, this is early in the week. I understand that. But, you know, the Chargers have a huge game next week, Scotty. Next week, Sunday night football is Chargers-Steelers, which are two teams vying for playoff positioning in the AFC. Um, and Melvin Gordon may, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be a name to look for all week if long. If it's a sprain, he could be out longer because Kerry yeah. Johnson has a sprain. That's right, and he's missed a game. Yeah. Sony Michelle missed games with a sprained knee. Like, a sprained knee is a one- to two-week kind of thing, and that's not what you want to hear if you're a Chargers fan. that are now, are, They're now 8-3, and three, only a game back of the Chiefs. That's certainly not what you want to hear if you're a fantasy owner who drafted Melvin Gordon at the back end of the first round this year, and he has been carrying your team to playoff contention. Scotty, it is very, very, very possible that you're a what? You're like a... Um, Oh, I don't know. You're an eight and four. You're a seven and five team with Melvin Gordon, who and he's your stud, who you've been riding all season long, and now you're without him potentially week thirteen when you need to win to get into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, hopefully you handcuff Austin Eckler. Yeah. But let's 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 remember Eckler's not you know he's not a workhorse kind of back. He's not built for that. Uh, so you know, you gotta hope he make, continues to make the most of every carry, and they're probably gonna rely more on the passing game if Melvin Gordon is out. Look, they, it, it it doesn't matter that you know that it was an end around, etc. You know they took a risk just by throwing Melvin Gordon out there. Period. Yesterday, right. maybe they maybe they should have rested him, you know, in a game that they could have handily beat Arizona. But you know they weren't looking at it like that. They felt like they really needed this victory in the playoff picture, and they wanted to seal it as as much as they could, so they were willing to take the risk. You know, it's I don't, we, you know, we don't know what the doctors told them. You know, before the game about about his injury, but obviously it didn't go in the right direction for them. I hear you, Scott, and like I, I, I get it for letting him get out there to start, but at some point you're up thirty-five to ten in the third quarter. You know what I mean? At some point, you got to call off the dogs. That's why you have someone like Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? Like that's why you have someone who you know. 
is solid on his own, but that was, in fact, the biggest injury to me. Let's talk about some other injuries. We'll talk more about this game and Phillip Rivers' amazing performance a little bit later on. Andy Dalton with a thumb issue. Um, they brought in Jeff Driscoll. Uh, I know Dalton hasn't really been good since the beginning of the season, but if you're in a two-quarterback league, uh, what are we thinking about Dalton's performance? Dalton Dalton's erratic to begin with, and yeah. without A.J. Green, he's – you know, you don't even want to use him at all, you know, the way he plays. And, uh, you know, Driscoll came in and played well, but they had no film on him, and we've seen that before. Then when a backup quarterback comes in and they have no film on him, they really don't know how to defend him. You know, I don't think we can have any confidence on Jeff Driscoll if he has to start next week, and whoever they play might be a good streaming defense. Yeah, two running backs that got banged up on my radar. Kenyon Drake with the shoulder, although he was able to come back into the game. And then, Scotty, the one that I think is probably most important, the red-hot Indianapolis Colts had Marlon Mack get banged up. He's in the concussion protocol. Yeah, but everybody here heals differently from the concussion protocol. We'll have to play wait and see on that. You know, hopefully uh, he'll, be, he'll be ready for next week, but he took a hell of a bell ringing hit yesterday. He sure did. We are off and running on Roto Experts in the Morning. Your boy Naheem Hines filled in admirably as the Colts stay hot. The Colts, remember, we've been telling you that might be a team to keep an eye on. They kept it going against another 5-5 five five team in Miami yesterday. When we come back, more news and notes and other headline stories from the weekend. It's Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. I must break you. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning. Yeah, if he dies, he dies. Apparently, a lot of people like Creed 2 in theaters right now. Uh, I remember Rocky, you know, training in the snow in Russia. If, he, if this guy can believe, we could all be friends. Yeah, if yeah. I could change, if I could change, change, you could change. 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 So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could change. Everybody could change. I like that. I saw Creed 2 Friday. Yeah, I saw Creed 2 Friday, and uh, you know, I think it was actually better than the first one, and actually like le- leapt into my ranking of the top Rocky movies of all time, and I actually liked it that much. And if you're a fan of the franchise, it really connects. Uh, the Rocky and, and Creed franchises together really well. Just very well done. Do I don't people want to spoil it for Creed, anybody. Do people consider Creed and now Creed 2 part of the Rocky franchises? Like, are they, in essence, Rocky 8 or whatever? I don't think they consider them Rocky 8, but it's sort of like a, you know, it's sort of between that, somewhere between that and the spinoff, you know, because Rocky right. is a main, he is a main character in it, but, you know, he's mm-hmm. not... He's not he's not the primary character anymore. Sure. And like a lot he of plays the like the trainer guy, right? Like the like yeah, Mickey he, was, he, right? He he, he he trains him. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they bring they bring back Drago for this one. Uh, nice. but you know, a lot of other, other a lot of other they're developing a lot of new characters. So it's right. it's unofficially a Rocky movie, but right. yeah. 
Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, the week, the last movie I saw a week ago was the uh, Fantastic Beasts of Grindelwald, which is like a Harry Potter movie, but not really a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. But I digress. People want to hear about their fantasy team, not like Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw right now on a Monday morning. Here's what I want to ask you, Scotty. I don't own him anywhere. I've been down on this guy everywhere all season long, but I feel bad about Evan Ingram owners. Like, when did was when were people notified that he injured his hamstring in warmups and did didn't play because I'd be really pissed off if I'm like, let's say I'm on if I'm on the subway going to the game or something like that. If I'm traveling to the bar, you know, and I just didn't catch this. I did not catch this notification until after the one o'clock games kicked off. What happened with Evan Ingram and his hamstring in warmups? Uh, about one thirty, I saw a report that Evan right. Ingram uh, had injured himself in warmups yeah. and was questionable to play. And then all of a sudden, Red Ellison's catching passes. Right. Uh, you had to put two and two together there. You know, there was no official report. Sometimes this happens. You know, occasionally it does where, you know, a guy gets injured during warm-ups and you just, you don't hear about it in time, et cetera. But, you know, Evan Ingram really has been big, big disappointment this year. In fact, in my dynasty league, when L.J. Howard went down, some guy tried to trade me Evan Ingram for O.J. Howard saying, oh, Evan Ingram can help, help you the rest of the way, you know, and Howard's going to be out. And I'm like, don't – I hate when people do that. You know, it's like I do this for a living. Don't try to give me a sales job. Right, okay? right, right. You know, I need a tight end, but you know what? Jeff Harmon is going to produce about the same or better than Ingram if he's healthy. So don't try, don't try to sell me something. Absolutely. I hear that. Hey, Scotty, one more kind of player or I guess it's two players here that I want to talk about because, you know, we've been starting on the injuries, the Melvin Gordons, the Andy Daltons, and will they be available next week, right? We're going to learn more about that, specifically Melvin Gordon, if he'll be available next Sunday night in a huge AFC matchup, Chargers versus Steelers. I want to ask you, though, Scotty, do you think Leonard Fournette will be available next week to fantasy owners? It was fight night up in Buffalo after what I thought was his hysterical Dante Moncrief and the defending and the defensive back are like fighting for the ball on the one yard line and they kind of didn't even know that there was a a a world wrestling brouhaha tag team Royal Rumble behind them Manny Lawson and Leonard Fournette kind of square up and start throwing legit punches they have to be restrained they're trying to go after each other into the tunnel you know when they're ejected um do you think Leonard Fournette is going to face discipline from the league he was the one in my view of this who initiated that fight um we know he's missed time with injury might he miss a crucial week 13 because of discipline or suspension scott the best way to answer that is he's very likely to face some discipline but again as we've seen so many times we never know how the league is going to handle something like this we we can't guess we're wild guessing here about uh, you know, with suspensions, things like that, you know, because he can probably appeal it and he can still play. Uh, you know, Leonard Fournette is in danger of discipline. That's the best way I could I could uh could answer it. Will he play or not in Week 13? I have no idea. Yeah, but it is something definitely to monitor, Scott. I think you make a good point. And I've been saying this, you know, I've been saying this for a while for a lot of issues, right? The NFL is just so inconsistent that you never know. You know, Josh Brown could serially uh, 
abuse his wife and he'll get one game. Ezekiel Elliott could get six. Jameis Winston can get three for an Uber driver. You know, people could get 16 games for smoking weed. So who knows what Leonard Fournette is going to wind up getting uh, if there is any discipline. And like you said, there's always the appeal process as well. But we are getting into the thick of it here for fantasy owners. So they hope that, uh, yeah, he misses week 14 when your team happens to have a bye or something like that. Scotty, I got to tell you, I want to start or that could be a first okay. playoff game, so maybe you don't want that to happen. Well, but, I'm just saying, let's say you, know, you got a buy. It's not, if you get a buy, you're lucky. It's <laughs> not, yeah, but if you don't have a buy, you know, they, <laughs> you lose Leonard Fournette. But if you drafted Leonard Fournette, you have to be prepared to lose him at any point. And this is why we talk about, uh, you know, because of his health, this is why we talk about you have to have the handcuffs. So hopefully you've rostered Carlos Hyde. Absolutely. Hopefully you've rostered Carlos Hyde. Hopefully if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, you've rostered Austin Eckler. We've been talking about Austin Eckler for the better part of the last couple of months. Scotty, I got to tell you something. We're going to dive into these games now. The first game I want to talk about because I think it's interesting on a number of levels are the Cleveland Browns getting their fourth win of the season. They go to 4-6-1. and one. Don't look now, but they are still actually hanging around in the NFC playoff picture. They get a 35-20 to 20 win against the Cincinnati Bengals, but I bring this up first also because there are reports over the weekend, Scott. Uh, you know, it's Freddie Kitchens, the new kind of play caller, offensive coordinator. There is one head coach that has said he would consider coming back only for the Cleveland Browns, it seems like they have the ingredients that a new coach would like. We talked about some of these new young offensive minds. What about an old offensive mind? It looks like Bruce Arians is potentially interested in the Cleveland Browns job. Remember, he was kind of the boss of Freddie Kitchens, the offensive coordinator back in, I believe, in Arizona. You would have Greg Williams still as the D.C., uh, this is starting to get some traction. I saw a lot of reports about this. Scotty, what are your two cents on Bruce Arians potentially coming back to Cleveland? What could that do for Baker and this team that a lot of people think have the arrow pointing up? I'm not sure. You know, Bruce Arians known as a disciplinarian and, uh, you know, didn't have great success in Arizona either. Uh, you know, a lot of times people are going, reaching back, they're reaching back to the, to the college Bowl. ranks for, for coaches. Uh, you know, they, they're reaching back to the college ranks for coaches. And uh, I don't know. But it's, 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 you know, does he fit the, the, the team sort of culture? Do they need a disciplinarian there? You know, that's really the question where I'm not in the locker room and it's, and it's hard for me to answer it. You know, would that type of personality fit? Because like you mentioned, you know, they did go to the Super Bowl and, you know, they did take the team deep. A lot of team players seem to like and respect him, so I don't think it's a bad move, but I think it's hard for me personally to answer. You know, this team is headed in the right direction. You know, the thing with Arians is he might have a very strong hand, and I don't know if you want that. Uh, do, you, do you want to coach? Like, with the way the offensive and defensive coordinators are operating right now, uh, I don't I don't know. It, it, I, I, honestly, it's, it's hard for me to answer, but right now, you know, Baker Mayfield's playing really, really well. This is five straight games with at least two touchdown passes and a rare road win for uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And this was the first time in nine years that a Cleveland quarterback threw for, for four touchdowns in a game. The last time was Brady Quinn in 2009. 
Wow, that, that 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 is a long time since 2009 for a quarterback to be putting it up uh, this prolifically. And for them to get a win on the road, they get a 35-20 win. You mentioned Baker Mayfield going 19-26, 258 yards, four touchdowns. But I got to tell you something, Scotty. Can we just cut the nonsense and just go full-on Chubb here? Chubb, 84 yards on the ground and a touchdown, another 44 through the air. An amazing catch in the end zone where he catches it like around another guy's body um, and gets a touchdown that way. So what are we talking here, Scotty? We're talking 128 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb is an RB1 the rest of the way. Yeah, I remember it was maybe week five or something like that. I would tell people to pick up Nick Chubb even before Hyde was traded. Uh, I just saw the signs on the wall that Hyde was not running well, and then they ended up trading him when he wasn't running well. I said, it might be time to take a flyer on Nick Chubb. And, you know, I did in a few leagues. You know, hopefully you did in your league. Uh, and with the versatility that he's showing in the, as a receiver, uh, yeah. you know, the, this is this is stamping him as a surefire RB1 right now. Fresh legs as a rookie, but it's also it's also cutting back into what we hope for with Duke Johnson, you know, the first the first right. game or two that, that uh, after the high trade, Johnson was reliable. Now we're seeing Nick Chubb in the passing game, and if he's going to do that, you know, Duke Johnson's going to become a complete, complete afterthought. Yep, it makes uh, Chubb a full-on workhorse if he could be on there three downs, if he's getting the ball in the passing game as well. Scotty, you know about my term, the fantasy herd. And what I always say is that a fantasy herd is bad for your fantasy team, but good for the real-life team. Look at the passing game here at Cleveland, okay? It's David Njoku who leads the team, five catches, 63 yards. Callaway, four for 62. Chubb, we just talked about, 44 yards. That doesn't even count the number one wide receiver, Jarvis Landry or Duke Johnson. Baker is spreading the ball around a lot. Does this because he's spreading this around, where is Jarvis Landry, though, these days? We thought he was going to be kind of a guy who took a real big step forward with his new team. But now he's just part of a herd. Is he a wide receiver three, Scott? The way I understand it, a fantasy herd is when you can rely on a few guys fantasy-wise from a team. That's that's that's, that's what not what I mean with the correct? fantasy herd. No, I mean like the herd is it's like a different guy who pops up every week. You don't know on a given week. Like let's say the Rams wide right. receivers, right? You never know. You know that cumulatively they're going to be good. And you know that at the end of the season when you look at the back of their proverbial football card, the stats will be there. But you never know on any given week who is it going to be. Take the Chargers for example. You never know if it's going to be Ty Williams Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you just don't know who it's going to be so that eventually they all look decent, but it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. It's going to be very frustrating to play whack-a-mole with them. And with Cleveland now, outside of Chubb in the passing game, you don't know who it's going to be. And Joku went from getting a zero a couple weeks ago to leading the team in catches and, and yards. Yeah, and that's how that's state of tight end right now. Jarvis Landry's been a big Big disappointment. Yeah, you know, we we had seen some positive touchdown regression, like the last season and a half coming uh coming coming into this year. He's just he's not getting in the end zone. He's not racking up as many catches here because Mayfield is spreading the ball around. You know, with Njoku, you take what you get when you can get it because every tight end is like this. Look yeah. at Eric Ebron, right? You know, last week zero, this week right. touchdown. If you don't have one of those top three tight ends. Or maybe now that Gronkowski is healthy now, maybe the top four, 
You, nobody's okay. feeling good about their tight end going into any given week. You know, Eric Eric Ebron's a perfect example. Zero one week, three touchdowns the next. That's the state of tight end. You just never know when the guy's going to blow up or he's going to give you nothing. So uh, with Njoku, it's going to continue to be that way. Big disappointments, big games. And I think for a lot of the Browns, that's the way it is. Because like, we had seen nothing from Callaway leading into right. this week. So outside of Mayfield and Nick Chubb, and uh, Mayfield's trying to push himself to QB1 territory here. Uh, you can't count on anyone. Absolutely. The herd remains. We'll come back and talk about it some more. Roto Experts in the morning. Come back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hold it now. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We're taking you through what we saw in Week 12 as Week 12 finishes up tonight with a big-time AFC South matchup, Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Scotty, we're talking about Browns and Bengals and how the Browns, listen, the arrows pointing up. What might they do in the front office to support the development of Baker Mayfield? How have they cultivated Nick Chubb to become an RB1? Things are looking good on that side. As we look to the other side of this game, Scott, the Cincinnati Bengals, they fall to 5-6. and six. Um, You know, now on the outside looking in uh, of the AFC playoff picture with teams like the Indianapolis Colts and the, and the Los Angeles Chargers probably ahead of them. Talk to me, though, like if, if, if Andy Dalton goes down. If Andy Dalton misses any time, and obviously we don't know if that's the case, here's my question for you. It's the same question I asked you, Scotty, about A.J. Green a couple of weeks ago. Let's say the Bengals lose another game. Let's say the Bengals are 5-7. and seven. Why the hell would you rush back A.J. Green and not shut him down, you know, uh, and kind of live to fight another day? And I ask you almost the same thing about a guy like Andy Dalton, and then what does that mean for other fantasy-relevant players on the Bengals like Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd? Well, they still have a shot right now, uh, mathematically. You know, if they sure. run the table, they go 9-7. and seven, You know, maybe there's some sort of shot they think that they get in. So if A.J. Green's ready next week, uh, I think they, they do push him to come back. And, you know, that just depend on how he heals. And But if he doesn't come back and they lose next week, you know, why would they push him to come back? Right. So that's what I'm saying, right? So it's kind of the I've, same thing. I've never seen... I've, I I don't know if I've seen any player in the league, like an offensive player, just affect a team so much without him. Just the whole offense changes. It's like right. it, it's like they you know they can key more on the run. Andy Dalton has nowhere to go, and a bad defense uh, you know spends more time on the field. Yeah, it definitely hurts. Uh... 
the rest of that Bengals offense. However, you know, Joe Mixon did have a representative effort, 89 yards on the ground, another 66 in the passing game. So you really can't be mad about 150-some-odd scrimmage yards and seven catches, over 20 points in PPR scoring. You'll take that, even though he doesn't get in the end zone. Does Mixon stay as kind of like an RB2 for you, Scotty, moving forward, even as the rest of the Bengals continue to deteriorate around them? Yes, because he's just getting so much work, even when they were playing from behind. Uh, Even when they were playing from behind, they were giving him a lot of work. They didn't pull him for Mark Walton. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I'm in a league. I'm in a league where my RB1 is Ezekiel Elliott, Scott, and then I have Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon as my running backs 2-3. I'm flexing Mixon these days. You know, should I be starting Nick Chubb ahead of Joe Mixon? Is there a way you can start them both? Yeah, right now I'm flexing Mixon. Right now I'm flexing Mixon, um, and that's the way I have been doing it. My wide receivers in this league are DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and Kenny Galladay. So I'm, I'm okay with that, and I've been flexing Mixon and or Chubb. But, you know, let's say you don't have that ability. Should you be starting Chubb over Joe Mixon at this point? I would say it's a very tough call, right? But, uh, with the versatility of of Chubb right now, and I think he has more upside to like rip off a long run. Mixon just not that kind of player. I would say yes. Yeah. So all right. So there we have it. That's an interesting game of two teams, kind of in my opinion, going in opposite directions in the AFC North. Talk about uh, a team that uh, continues to defecate the matches. The Jacksonville Jaguars have lost their seventh game in a row. They go to Buffalo and cannot get it done. Jalen Ramsey calls Josh Allen trash in the offseason. Well, he was good enough to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars of the 2018 edition, right? Josh Allen, only 160 yards through the air, one touchdown. But here's what I got to ask you, Scotty. Everybody loses their mind last week when Lamar Jackson runs for 117 yards. Well, yesterday, Josh Allen runs for 99 and a touchdown, including obviously the 45-yard long scramble. But we've seen this out of Josh Allen. We have seen Josh Allen using his legs a lot when he's been in there with Buffalo. Uh, Everybody talks about how with Lamar, it becomes like, oh, this is a a, a great safe floor. Oh, he's a back-end QB1. However, everyone laughs at Josh Allen, what's the difference, Scotty? Well, everybody laughs at Josh Allen because it's become customary to laugh at the Buffalo Bills. Right. But, you know, the the Buffalo Bills come to play. You know, Josh Allen's a young mobile quarterback who's going to make a lot of rookie mistakes, etc. But, you know, you see why we've drafted him. You know, the guy can hit the deep play. The guy can run with the ball. So, uh, you know, I got him in my third round of my dynasty draft when you know, Sam Darnold was going at the end, right. at the beginning of the second round because they, people just treat him as a laughing stock. You know, we there were there were uh, mixed reviews coming on him coming out of college, but uh, you know, this guy is outplaying some of the other rookies. Yep, absolutely is, and that running game, you know, that that added ingredient we celebrated so much. With Lamar Jackson, we celebrate it with Mitchell Trubisky. We celebrate it with other quarterbacks. Meanwhile, kind of, it's almost like 
you know, we talk about all this time, the name recognition, Scotty. We talk about the name recognition of, like, the veterans who aren't doing it anymore, who are still in lineups. I think you just made a great point. We, we go in the other direction, the name recognition of the Buffalo Bills. You know, and we think, oh, that means something that's not dynamic. We mean there's no game-breaking talent there, that it's a fantasy wasteland. Don't get it twisted. Josh Allen is a, a quarterback who can run and can – who can help your fantasy team in that vein. Hey, Scotty, uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, 108 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns, looking like a boss until he got ejected. Um, You see again how important he is for this team's offense. When they have him there, it is he is kind of their identity. He's able to run the ball. He's able to grind it out, and they just aren't able to. After he left, you know, Carlos Hyde, TJ Yeldon, these are guys who are not able to do it. Yeah, well, you know, Carlos Hyde might give you some some decent rushing numbers if, uh, you know, if he's asked to step up. For Fournette, we already know that you know Yeldon is more of a pass catching back. It's good. Sometimes when you have a back like Fournette, you can't have one. They can't have one guy just there to replace him. Sometimes it takes two. You know, sometimes uh, be, you have a superstar back who can do everything, or just you know be that workhorse. Sometimes the guys that are behind him just aren't as talented. It takes two. Yeah, absolutely. Blake Bortles always show, showing himself again as not necessarily as talented. His completion percentage right around 50%, 12 of 23. He throws two picks, only one touchdown for him. He does have 39 yards on the ground. Blake Bortles, another kind of rushing quarterback. Scotty, let's go to our next game here. we got time for one or two more as we close out the hour here. So let's talk about the New York football teams. The Patriots come into Mebu as they go 8-3. and three. They take over the two seed in the AFC uh, and that much needed buy for right now. The AFC still has a lot to be decided up at the top. But the Patriots beat the Jets 27-13. Tom Brady looked like he was in rare form. A lot of people started to ask, oh, are the Patriots coming to an end? Is this the end? I remember asking you, was Rob Gronkowski done? Well, look at what happens when the Patriots actually have their weapons, when they actually have running backs Michelle and White, Sony Michelle for 133 yards and a touchdown, James White, 73 in on the ground game, and Honestly, a surprising only one catch in the passing game, but that weapon is still there. Edelman is there. Gordon is there. Gronkowski is there. And what do you know? Tom Brady looks good. Two touchdowns. The Patriots get a ho-hum two-possession two win over the Jets, who fall to 3-8. and eight. Yeah, the Patriots look like the Patriots. Gronkowski with the 34-yard touchdown reception. And, uh, you know, they tried to hit him for a few more. It just didn't happen. Uh, but you know, Brady looked really good yesterday. He looked fresh coming off the bye. Uh, you know, he had all his weapons too. And you know, for any quarterback, look, you need you need you need to surround any quarterback with quality compliments. You know, sometimes uh, some of these quarterbacks can elevate the play of uh, you know better quarterbacks of who's around them. But look at Aaron Rodgers; he's just got Devontae Adams. You know, and the numbers haven't been there with Brady. You know, the numbers haven't been there before the bye. Now he's got everybody. Yesterday he was playing with more confidence. He was crisp in his setup and release. The ball release. The ball was was you know was really vaulting out there. You know, with a good release like we've seen from Brady. So I think I think the Patriots needed the week off. And a lot of people were like writing them off before the bye, just because people want to write the Patriots off. They don't want to see them. They want to see them go away. They, they've had enough of the Patriots, but that doesn't mean they are going away. 
Yep, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's kind of the same old story. And there's such great new energy around some of these new teams, right? The Chiefs and the Rams and people wanting to see some of these guys, but still the old guard in the every AFC. Year. You know, the old guard in happens the AFC. Happens every year. People talk about a new exciting team and the yep. Patriots are always there. But let me tell you something. Tom Brady... Ben Roethlisberger, and to a lesser extent, Philip Rivers, are going to be in the AFC until, until the sun sets on their careers. On the other side, though, we talk about the Jets. Well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any playoff roads necessarily go through Philip Rivers until he proves he can. Fair enough, but what I am saying is that those three quarterbacks have made up half of the AFC and the playoff AFC teams for the better part of the last two decades you know i mean it's not like they get there yes. though you know what i mean those three quarterbacks have had a kind of a monopoly on uh you know afc playoff runs over the last decade and a half in my opinion on the other side of it though scott we talk about the jets real quick is there anybody on the jets roster that you want for fantasy purposes i mean your guy herndon chris herndon the tight end out of miami he had another representative effort especially if you're in ppr catches only 57 yards but seven catches in ppr um are you gonna have chris herndon inside your top 12 next week i think he's pushing he's put oh, actually he was 11th for me this week so you know that that's, that's right that's something you got to look at you know the guy's either scoring touchdowns or he's racking up catches with the state of tight end right now, you know, Chris Herndon has actually become reliable. Yeah. And what about Quincy Anunwa, who returned from injury uh, a couple weeks back for the Jets? Uh, he was their leading receiver on Sunday, especially if they go back to Sam Darnold. Remember, Darnold did have that kind of like quick street screen look with Anunwa a lot earlier in the season. Is he someone to uh, get back on your – not in your lineups per se, but get on your bench if he's not already owned with the impending return of Sam Darnold? Uh, the thing right now is like, would you really start feel comfortable starting Quincy and Newman at any point as you try to win a, a key game to get in the playoffs or in a playoff game? And the answer is no. And there's no more bye weeks right now. Right. So I don't think having Quincy and Newman is, I'm not saying I would roster him like in case of an injury or something right. like that, but it's not a priority to me whatsoever. Yeah, no, I hear you, and I don't think he's someone who you would start. And I also agree with you, Scotty. Now, as we have finished with the buys, you are streamlining your rosters, right? You're getting those handcuffs. You know, you don't need that sixth wide receiver. But what you do need is, in my opinion, Scotty, you need one wide receiver. You need one, you know, kind of running back who, in the event of an injury, you can plug in and, you know, not feel great about because they're on your bench, but, like, can still be serviceable. I understand he's not a starter right now, but could Anunwa be that guy? He did return 12 PPR points for you yesterday. He's somebody maybe you want on your bench, you know, that, you know, kind of like a Willie Sneed, sure. although Sneed didn't do anything yesterday where he can give you 8 to 12 points in a week. But he, right. he's been getting hurt. I think we expect a little bit better out of Anunwa than we've gotten so far. But uh, not somebody I want to comfortably start. You know, I might I might rather have a Cortland Sutton on my bench or a DJ Moore on my bench. 
All right, fair enough. Let's go talk about another game here. The New York teams go 0-2 yesterday. The Philadelphia Eagles are the team who stay alive in the NFC's playoff picture with a 25-22 win over the Giants. Listen, let's start on the Giants' side. Saquon Barkley is a beast. You're telling me, Scott, we were talking off air, that you would take Saquon Barkley in the top four or five next year, even ahead of a guy like Christian McCaffrey. He has 101 yards and a touchdown on the ground, seven catches, 41 yards in the pass game, another touchdown. Saquon Barkley continues to impress, proving the Giants right to, uh, you know, focus on him even over a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, right now, Saquon Barkley is looking like the number two overall running back in fantasy football in the PPR. Just, uh, you know, putting up such outstanding numbers week to week, no matter who the opponent is. Uh, a lot of, I think a lot of fantasy championship teams are going to have Saquon Barkley being a key this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say maybe second only to James Conner, you know, as someone who came out, not came out of nowhere, you know, but this idea of having someone who you drafted low really be a viable piece for you as an MVP on some championship winning teams. Odell gets his five for 85, but it's really nobody else. You know, we talked about Sterling Shepard, how he's been the sacrificial lamb of the targets for the Giants. He gets only four for 37. Red Ellison has 77 yards, but that was absolutely after the news of Evan Ingram's uh, warm-up injury. Scotty, your boy Josh Adams continues to look all right. They said they were going to give him the ball a little bit more. 84 yards and a touchdown. And then, you know, he doesn't do anything in the passing game, but that's not the kind of back he is. They're using him as this early down hammer. They went to him a lot. 22 carries. It looks like they're trying to end the timeshare. And Adams is the lead back for the Eagles. 20 two carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, it, you know, right now there is really is no timeshare. Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement are pretty much out of the picture. And this is what we expected from Josh Adams that's been trending towards in the direction. You know, sort of 28-yard touchdown run last week. You know, right, the uh, ever since Jay Ajayi got injured, this team hasn't had a running game. Uh, Josh Adams is a spectacular talent, but he's going to get the job done. Yep, it looks like that. Let me ask you something. Um, I've brought up the name a bunch of times, and you've kind of poo-pooed it every single time. I bring up the name Darren Sproles, and I ask you – I'm going to ask you about it again. I know he's banged up, but he's supposed to be coming back. Now, couldn't – I can see a universe, though, where an Adams and Sproles combination is the more kind of prototypical thunder and lightning. You know, these guys like Smallwood and Clement seem to be a little bit more the all-purpose backs. Could you see a place where they use Adams and Sproles, where it's more kind of defined and traditional? Adams as the early down guy and Sproles as the PPR guy uh, whenever he gets back at it? Do we even know if Sproles is going to come back this year? Um, I mean, you know, they always just say he's like only a week away, but you know, that could be just kicking the can down the road. I think that's what they've been doing. I can't yeah. really entertain that when I have no idea if he's going to come back. He's he's just not relevant to the conversation right now. All right, and then let's talk about the Eagles' pass game. We only got about 30 seconds left before we hit the top of the hour, and we kind of refresh all of our uh, headlines and injuries. We'll be doing that on FST. Don't forget to download both Roto Experts in the Morning and Fantasy Sports Today. But in this passing game, Scott, you know, I'm looking at anyone not named Zach Ertz. Alshon, only three catches. You know, Tate, only 30 yards. Aguilar just gets one. It was a critical, like, third or fourth down conversion. But is this passing game now Zach Ertz and not a whole lot else? Uh, I think it has been for a few weeks. Yeah. 
All right, so we'll see. The Eagles now, they're still around it. They're still in it. Only one game back, but it's anybody's guess who's going to win this NFC East. We'll talk about it more when we come back. It's FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network when we hit the next hour. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 